Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to the Where Success Happens podcast. It's exciting to have you with us each time we do one of these. You know, our goal is to impact your life and business. We do that through teachings and short shots and longer interview formats like we're going to be doing today. But the goal of this whole podcast is just to equip you with skills to give you a better life experience. And uh, I hope that happens for each time you listen to one of our podcasts. If you're a leader, feel free to share this with your entire team. If you're a sales professional, feel free to share it with your clients. If you have not yet subscribed, smash that subscribe button, hit the share, send us a link of your screenshot that you've subscribed. And we have a drawing every Friday that we give away a case of my books, High Trust Selling. It's good to have you with us. And we're excited about today's podcast. I have a group that is called Elite, and it's made up of usually around 24, 25 people that go on a journey during the year of what does it really look like to do business and life at level 10, the best, highest, you know, just most productive that you can you can be. We get the distinct pleasure today to be joined with one of our elite members, Rick Ward. Rick is a mortgage professional out of Colorado, and uh, it has been so fun to watch him figure out how to win in the marketplace and when he does, but he's got a special story. And so we're going to spend about a half an hour with Rick Ward today. And, and we're going to have a kind of no, no holds bar, just uh, organic conversation about him, his life, his business. And uh, Rick, it's really great to have you with us on the where success happens podcast. Thanks for joining. It's an honor to be here with you, Todd. And I can't wait to, to fire away, <laughs> <laughs> fire away. So first of all, I want to thank you publicly for your military service. I know you're a veteran and, uh, you know, I think that as we go through life and we look at our freedoms, you know, I'm just always reminded of the sacrifice that guys and gals make to uh, protect that freedom. And I want to thank you publicly for being a veteran and for all that you have done to, to help us uh, in America. You're a, you're a small piece of a big pie that uh, gives us freedom. So thank you. It was my honor. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, um, you know, I think we, we, we do a lot of work with mortgage professionals, real estate professionals. And, you know, one of the things that we always try to impart to people is the idea that hard work matters, smart work matters more. And when you combine smart work with hard work, you can get massive results. Last year in the mortgage business, you were able to help north of 600 families finance uh, real estate at some level. And I'd be interested in you just talking off the top of your top of your chest, like what was last year like at that capacity? Um, let's have an organic conversation about lessons learned, decisions made, um, whatever you want to talk about, and we'll just see where it leads us. Okay, well, <clears throat> that that's a loaded one, right? Last yeah, right. <laughs> year, last year was a big year for probably anybody in the business that that uh, put their mind to it, right? Um, and and you, I'm always reminded, right, that uh, luck happens when you're prepared and, and the opportunity comes together, right? It's not luck; you got to be prepared. And so, uh, I happened to have been in the business last year it was my eighth year, so I'm going into year number 
no, maybe it was my ninth year. Can't remember, but um, uh, ninth or eighth year. And uh, so I had built up uh, a database of clients that I had and families that I had served over the years. And um, boy, did it come to fruition last year, right? When, when we saw that rate drop, um, it, it was frantic. It was crazy. Um, I had been in the just joined elite program last year at the beginning of the year was a new kickoff for that. And we had had our first retreat in Savannah, Georgia, and I was pumped up, fired up, just, you know, stoked up, smoked up, ready to go. Right. And, and uh, I, you know, then the pandemic hit. Right. And then, so that kind of just threw a whammy for me as far as changing my plans about, you know, that process about uh, you got to go slow to go fast sometimes because I needed structure in the business that I was lacking. Um, So I didn't really have a whole lot of time to add that structure really uh, when it hit because it hit and it hit hard and we were all saturated, right. You know, just with working. So, um, so that happened. And as the year progressed and, and my team that I had with me was working around the clock, um, I learned a few things. Right. And, and it took me probably through halfway through the year to really realize that uh, you can't do anything without your team. Right. You can't scale without a team. You can't you can't achieve without your team. And it took me a while to, to realize that um, I don't need anybody to motivate me. I don't need somebody to tell me, you know, you're a great guy and give you a sports slap and go get him tiger. I don't need that. Right. Uh, the motivation for me just comes from myself, but, uh, and what I want to accomplish just always has, has been that way. Um, so, but those around you, you have to realize that I remember this from years of just, you know, leading teams is that they always care about what's in it for them, right. The with them. Right. Yeah. And if you know what's in it for them and you, you know, their goals and you know, their motivation, you can achieve the team goals and the big goals as long as it ties into their personal goals. And I'd miss that. Uh, and I shame on me, shame on me. So uh, that was one of the lessons I learned. And uh, I could share another one too, if you, if you, unless you have let's, questions. Let's, un- let, you know, again, organic, let's unpack that. So, you know, I think that, um, it's really, really clear. And, and we are just coming off as we record this podcast, we're just coming off um, our March elite call. And one of the things that was interesting is one of the members said today that um, you can go as far as your team will take you. And in order to go farther, you need to have a bigger team and you need to have a team well-led. And I think that you know one of the interesting things about anything having to do with impact you know, whether you see yourself as a, a salesperson with clients or whether you see yourself as a leader with teams. I mean, we all have customers. And at some level, Rick, this what's in it for me is a very important question. And there's two things I think we can we can kind of go down off of this idea. One is, as a leader, do you even know it? And that's a question to everybody that is listening or viewing this podcast. Do you even know why your people show up every day. I mean, what are they actually, besides giving lifeblood and exchanging that for a paycheck, is there is there a deeper reason why they're there? And so as a leader, you need to know what that deeper reason is. And if you don't, then your team is going to disengage. Not intentionally. They're not going to show up one day and say, I don't like this team, so I'm not going to work hard. It's just engagement is a function of the workplace and the personal goals coming together through professional contribution. So that's a lesson. The second lesson is a lesson of balance 
and pace. And I think that Rick, you identified very clearly that there wasn't like, you know, a 30 day warning. Here comes volume, get ready for it. It just, it just came and COVID hits and rates start to go down and volumes just skyrocket. And so then it's about pace, capacity and efficiency. And so those two things are, are super critical. So with that as the backdrop, Talk a little bit about what happened as you realize that and, and, and how you began to pivot to solve for what I just explained. Um, because I think that as I look at your year, you had some, some bumps and, and yet you were still able to have a banner year, your, your best year in your nine years, eight or nine years. And yet there was some collateral damage. So just, I guess, talk freely about that. Sure. <clears throat> so um, the, 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 the thing that you always dread when you're, when you're in building mode and your production is just flying, you dread, uh, well, at least I, and it hit me like a ton of bricks, you dread losing a team member, yeah. right? You, you, dread, you dread it when, you know, you're just starting to catch your stride and then, oh man, you, know, you get thrown that curveball that you didn't see because maybe you had blinders on focused on one thing when it's important that you're paying attention to what's being said around you, how people are engaging or not engaging, body language, what people say, what they don't say. Um, you got you to be aware. And I just wasn't aware, honestly. I was not being the leader that I needed to be, period. And so um, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. That's so true, right? Like if it's going to happen and you're going you're gonna to weather those storms, you, everything falls and rises on the leadership uh, of the leader. And so there's no excuses. You just have to own it. Um, somebody, you know, I got a blinding flash of the obvious when I start, when I was like, Hey, you're losing people. Um, and it took some people that cared about me that actually intervened and said, Hey, Rick, you know, we're going to actually make some changes here to help you. Um, this is not to hurt you. Um, and that's where I was talking about today about being humble uh, on our coaching call earlier. Um, you, you just, you know, we, we operate on a 4-H philosophy on our team. We're hungry, we're honest, we're humble, and we're happy. And that humble piece, I was missing it. Like, wow. I just wasn't listening. Uh, I was, ego was in the way, I think. And um, you got to practice what you preach. And I'm like, you know what? It hit me hard. And I'm like, you know what? Just listen, man. There are people here that care about you and are will help you get to the other side in a bigger and better place than you are now, which is what's happened. I think there's a couple things there that I heard. So one is there's people in your organization that care about you and they care, enough, they care enough about you, your team and the impact you're having on your local community um, to actually through wanting what's best for you to intervene. And I think that takes boldness. I think it takes boldness. I think it takes courage. It's the right thing to do. On the other side is you having a humble heart because if pride and ego get in the way, it's very hard for anybody to learn the lesson that is presenting itself to you in the moment. And when you go through the four H's and when you go through the humble piece, just, I mean, talk about that transformation because uh, I think it happened fairly quickly, but I also know that making an adjustment from whatever it was, and I'm not saying it was pride or ego, but that typically is what gets in the way of humility and, and authenticity. What was going on in your head? 
because at some point you had to release the brakes. You had to understand why the intervention was happening and you had to keep going. The team had to keep growing and going. What was going through your head as you moved from whatever that emotion was, pride, ego, whatever, to humility? Because that to me is strength to go from that to a more introspective kind of. So what was going through your head? Very, very powerful. You're bringing me back to stuff that like, I didn't like to think about. Right. But it was, it was an impactful moment. You, I call them magic moments in life, right? When you, you have those magic moments where something clicks or something happens to you that just was life-changing. And for me, you know, that was that whole scenario. And, and for me, what was going through my mind was I was letting the folks down that trusted me to lead them. Right. That was the number one thing I was letting them down. And uh, it was important to me because, you know, I like to build that culture of the team. And we, you spend more time sometimes with the folks you work with than your loved ones, at least in my scenario. That's that's what my career has been, um, which is changing, by the way. But um, but um, it, it just it, it, I, I just I felt disappointment. I felt, you know, like, gosh, man, Rick, you 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 cannot just talk to talk. You have to walk to walk. And so. Uh, I don't know, man. I just, it hit me. Maybe it was the way they said it. Maybe it was because of the urgency around you've got this massive pipeline and it's being ready to crumble right before you if you don't do something different, period. And I'm like, okay, it finally hit me. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I'm older. I don't know. Uh, uh, but finally, finally, I just said, you know what? I don't care if they tell me that, that I need to uh, double tie my shoes you know, wear a pink cap. I don't care what, whatever it is, like, I'm going to listen because, you know, I, I want to be the best and, and to be the best, you got to listen to the best. The best. Well, and, and you can't listen with pride and ego getting in the way because I mean, listening is about slowing down. And I love what you said. And I, I don't want to forget about coming back to this, that oftentimes the best way to go fast is to, is to go slow and and uh, to do it in a more intentional and and balanced way, which is very hard when you have the market conditions that we had. But be that as it may, it's still critical. So we'll just we'll table that for a sec. I think listening and leadership are symbiotic. I, I don't think you can lead without listening. And I think that what what ended up happening is is you were smart enough to realize that people were coming at it from a position of caring and love and that not only would your team benefit by whatever the changes were that you guys were going to make, but that you would benefit. And, and I think that that is the, the chief challenge when we look at what really is the principally centered reason for becoming a leader in the first place. Nobody's going to become a leader um, to lead themselves only. It's, it's like, I mean, that's just, part of the recipe for success, self-leadership, uh, leadership of one, me. I got to lead me before I can I can lead anybody. And the more that I develop as a leader of myself, and that is, that is awe-encompassing. I mean, there's so many factions of how do I lead me well. And when I do that, then I get to lead a team well. But if I'm not leading me well, then I tend to create this kind of output that isn't leadership. It's like control. It's like unilateral. It's like do it or else, or 
you know, whatever, you know, I'm here and I'm working hard. You guys got to work as hard as I'm working. I mean, it's all those things. And you were able to, in, in, in less than I'm guessing Savannah was in March. So in nine months, you went through some pretty massive leadership transformations. And here you are today um, having, you know, a record Q1 and, and there's some stability now. And there's some, I mean, there's some really positive things happening. So what's the other side of this look like when you go through what you went through, anybody listening, whether you're leading a team of, of two or three or a team of 22 or 23 or 220, it doesn't matter. What's on the other side, Rick? What, what, when you get through it, what's on the other side waiting for somebody who can develop this way as a leader? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because uh, I've been to many training events, many motivational talk, you know, just all the stuff. I go to sales mastery every year. I listen to all the speakers and I'm telling you, and I'm sure there's someone in the crowd when they listen to some of these talks and what people are doing or achieving, there's a little part of you, that little guy, that little negative guy or little negative girl that's saying, ah, it's, it can't be, there's no way that it can't be like that. There's no, they're, they're making this up or they're exaggerating. And, you know, maybe it's not for me. Maybe you even think that it's not for me. It's for someone else. Right. And so, I mean, I was that guy, I soak it up and I listen to it. I take great notes and I try to go back and implement, uh, right? But I'm like, there's that little piece of me. Well, th that changed, you know, when this happened, this event happened to me. And actually it happened about the middle of the year. Yeah. And right in the heat of it, right? Not only the heat of summer, but the heat of the business, right? And that's when it happened. I'm like, oh, this can't be happening, right? So the stress was was there. The stress pressure was on. But on the other side of that, after I listened, and we just made those changes that we needed to make and you know, we slowed down to go fast. I got partnered up with a mentor that that uh, has my best interests in mind and is always giving me great advice. Um, and and so when all those things I started just doing and listening to those things and making the changes, the stress went away. I'm telling you, right? It was like the weight of the world was just lifted off my shoulders, right? I mean, I'm not exaggerating. It just was wow. Um, and it's still a work in progress, right? Like it is always something I have to tweak because I've been, you know, I'm, I got old habits, everybody, you know, and it's hard to break those old habits sometimes. And I need, I need that accountability of someone to remind me of that with our, with coaching and with the mentors that I have in my life. So they remind you and point it out to you. So you're like, oh yeah, you're right. I'm slipping or that's coming back. Let me, let me get back on track. So, um, but no stress. I'm telling you right now, no, like I don't go home thinking about work. I don't go home worried, you know, oh my gosh, you know, what am I going to do next? Like I just, it's never, I, my plan is set. I focus on the things that I'm good at doing and right. And then all those other things are being done by folks that are much better at those things than, than I'll ever be. Wow. 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 All right. So that is the philosophical part of <laughs> our, no, no, of our podcast. And, 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 and that is a learning track that everybody needs to understand. And when I say philosophical, um, even today on our call, we were talking about mindset matters, right? And so the philosophy of leadership is to understand that you are to create an empowered workforce and you are to trust them and you are to have each other's back and you are to um, understand the difference between being a wing and a weight. And 
I talk about that all the time because you can't lead if you are overpowering a team and and over managing a team. You have to at some level release the brakes and let the team begin to flourish. Um, otherwise, you're not going to be able to have a self-sustaining business. And it's always going to require some level of, of management and, and oversight. And I'm not saying that management oversight is wrong, but you you can't have power and empowerment exist in the same space. I cannot be uh, a power leader and use power to manage a team and simultaneously use empowerment to lead a team. So that's the, the philosophical part, right? And um, I think what's so crazy good, Rick, is in nine months to the end of the year, and now we're, you know, we're approaching the end of Q1, in 12 months, essentially, from when COVID hit till now, you now go home and you don't worry about the business. You now go home and you have a, a whole different off-the-job experience. And to your point earlier, you were talking about the 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 off-the-job stuff not getting the priority. And I imagine now that's different, even though volumes are still high. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. it, it's been it's been nice. And one of the things that's really cool too is I sit in a real estate office and they sh- they shut down at five o'clock. And they're like, we're inviting you to leave at five, right? I'm like, okay, I leave at five now. So, and it just it just works great. And so it allows me to actually, so we're empty nesters, my wife and I, yeah. and, uh, but my daughter works in the business uh, with me on our team and my son is finishing up school this year. And, uh, but it allows me to remember what's the most important to me and what, what matters the most is what you, what you should pay attention to, right? Yeah. And so it's allowed me to really deepen those relationships with the three most important people in my life. So, you know, the, you know, one of the, the ideas is when we, when the podcast is about where success happens, success for us is not unilateral one-sided. It is not just about, and in fact, shouldn't be just about business. We, we really believe that you need to fall in love with your life. And it doesn't mean everything's rosy, but you need to understand that success in our definition includes both the progress of business success and the balance of lifestyle success. And short of seasons where, and Rick, you went through a couple seasons last year where you guys had to slow down to speed up and you had to make some changes to, to do it the right way. But short of that, um, you should be able to be efficient enough, effective enough where the people that matter most off the job don't feel like they matter least and get only the part of you that is dog tired and left over after an inefficient business kicks your butt all day long. And Rick, that is a transformation that you have gone through. It's powerful. It's powerful. And there's not a better feeling in the world. I just wish I'd done it sooner or I'd screwed up big time sooner. So, <laughs> so I would add that intervention intervention uh, sooner. So, well, it could be a lot worse. You could have had the intervention 10 years from now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. All right. So here's the other part I want to cover. Um, I think, and, and you can help me frame it if I, if I, if I miss pieces of it, but I am um, really enamored and engaged around the idea that as a veteran, you do business with veterans. And I know that that's not just exclusive, that every family you help finance real estate 
uh, comes from the veteran community, but you're in a veteran community, you are a veteran, you've done a lot of cool things to have, I believe, a more valuable proposition, given the fact that you serve largely a community that you have been in. You're a veteran, you serve veterans, and you are all in a veteran community. It's and and I think about, you know, I think about a guy that, that works at your company, Marty, and and you know, Marty's trained as a as a CPA and and he he works with a lot of people in financial services. What is just tell everybody who has not heard your story how important it is to connect at that level for you. I mean, it's it's not everybody's not everybody's a veteran, not everybody's a CPA, not everybody's got, you know, the opportunity, but it's like like-minded individuals with like-minded backgrounds can do some really special things together. Talk to us a little bit about the local community and what you do that just feels like natural and feels like it's easy. And because connection and, and conversion are all part of that kind of like, I trust you, you trust me. We're attracted to each other. So unpack that whole thing for us to whatever extent you'd like. Uh, I've worked at a company that, um, I'd been asking, hey, I want to really ramp up my, my 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 expertise or specialty, not expertise in the VA uh, loan space. Um, and they said, yep, we're going to, we're going to add this product, we're going to add this product, and it wasn't happening. And so uh, for me, it was really important to me because, again, you kind of touched on a lot of the stuff, Todd, like it it wasn't something when I talked to a veteran because I, I read it in a book or I saw a movie or what have you. I mean, I lived the life, right? I served and I spoke the language, right? And you can see that we heard that word today on the, on the call today, authentic, right? People know when you're authentic. They know when it's real and you're not making stuff up. And so, um, so for me, that was just a natural fit. I'm like, all right, I was at one of your sales mastery events and you had talked about or there was this topic on there, there's niche, uh, riches and niches. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there might be something to that. I'm like, I don't know what my niche is. And I was trying to figure it out. And then it just went off like a light bulb. I'm like, boom. Like, number one, we live in a town that we're fortunate that we have a lot of military presence in this town. Right? We've got the Air Force Academy, Peterson Air Force Base. We've got Schriever, NORAD, Fort Carson, just a lot of military. So I'm like, and anytime I was out in public or in any networking event, whatever, I'm always running into veterans, right? And it's just, we click, right? It's just, hey, you know, we're just, I don't know if it's the handshake or, you know, whatever, the challenge, whatever it is, we connect. And so um, I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I, I feel good about, right? It's nothing more satisfying to me than helping the veteran community uh, because, I know the struggles that they go through. I know that what those families sacrifice and it's important, right? We, they need to know it and they need to hear it often. So um, I made that, I made a switch to my company now and uh, I'm at Benchmark Mortgage. I'm just going to say it, Todd. And then uh, the, 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 these guys are just uh, amazing. Uh, and the things that they do for the veteran community at a high level that made me stop thinking so small, like, you know, okay, I want to serve a veteran family, but I could serve a much bigger broader community with how we, the things we say and the things we do and how we give back, what our give back strategy is. And so we started working on that. One of the things that I did that really solidified, uh, help, you know, kind of make 
kind of established that reputation in the community was I sought out veteran-owned businesses. And the veteran-owned businesses in our community, um, I went and I actually went and made all the phone calls, made all the face-to-face meetings, and I started filming them and listening to their story and just asking them, hey, tell us about your military career, the good, the bad about it, and then how was your transition from military to the civilian world, which a lot of military folks struggle with, right? I had a little bit of struggle with it, but not like some of these guys. I didn't just didn't have some of the experiences that some of these other men and women have had, right? Um, but for me, it was just transitioning from doing what you're told to do in the military to actually getting people to want to do those things with you when, when, you're, when you're on the civilian side. Um, but I, anyway, but I went out and I talked to those business folks, heard their story, asked them about their current business, what makes them different. And then if folks want to see you or come see you, where do, you know, just bring in the, bring in the community to their business, to their business. So I put that out on social media and all my platforms and man, they just started, they started talking to their circles about, you know, yeah, yeah, this guy does mortgages, but it's not about the mortgage. He's here actually trying to help us grow our business. Um, and people see that and they know it and they love it. And then, you know, the, the result is they want to look out for you too. So does that, does that help? Does that answer? No, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's, it's as a listener uh, and viewer of the podcast, I, I would like to recommend that you really, really reflect on what Rick just said. Um, In, in the world of success, I believe, I believe that you have two forces at work. One is if you have a competitive mindset and you think that you're competing against other people and you think there's other businesses that are competing and, and all of that. And, and at some level, we, we all are going to grow through what I would like to think would be the transformation of moving from a competition mindset to a value mindset. And I think what, what ends up happening is um, when, when you think competition, you limit your value. And when you realize that you're thinking competition, oftentimes it gets down to factors that really aren't even that important, like how much does it cost? What's the product? Blah, 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 blah. Right. And somebody can always beat you competitively, but nobody can ever beat you when you create value. And what, what I, why I asked Rick the question and Rick, why your answer is so uh, found is that's what makes your business work. You're not selling anything. You are literally a veteran connecting with veterans to help them win. And when you help, when you help anybody, when I'm speaking to you, when, when you help people win, there is no competition. There just isn't. And it, it causes relationship to flourish. And what, that's what you're finding out right now that just, I mean, it's a remarkable story because you do business because people like you because you're you like them because you guys are like each other experientially with the veteran background and it's just like to me it makes all the sense in the world like i got a friend who's a doctor who became a mortgage professional who only serves doctors and i've been a friend who was an attorney and became a mortgage professional and only serves attorneys and their clients and it's like like let's have commonality in who we are and what we speak about. And to a large degree, that's what you've done. What percentage of your volume is veteran connected? About 63%. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, so two out of every three um, families you help are, are veteran families. All right, so we've got about, uh, looks like we've got about three or four minutes left. Um, if you could do, so eight or nine years, and I think it's remarkable. I just, first of all, I just want to say, I think it's remarkable that eight or nine years into the business, you last year helped over 600 families. You know, I think it was 640 or something like that. That's just, that is mind-blowing. It's just mind-blowing. And at the same time, um, I think I think everybody at some level has to have a healthy attitude around lessons, right? And so if you could have, besides the one that we started the podcast off, which was the whole team intervention piece, if you look back in, and you asked where you would like a do-over, like you go back over eight years, you know, one or two things that were hard lessons in addition to this leadership lesson that you could impart to everybody viewing and listening to the podcast um, so that they could maybe avoid that lesson. Yeah. I mean, for one that comes to mind for me was the first two years in the business, I was just kind of putzing along. Wasn't, you know, just kind of, eh, this is okay. And, you know, really wasn't working it like a business at all. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, and I was, cause I didn't know mortgages and I'm like, eh, you know, I'll learn it eventually. And, like I would just say, if you're newer or starting out in the business, go for it, go all in, like be a student of the business and that will bring confidence because when you have that confidence, you're fearless. There is nothing that will stop you. There's nobody you won't talk to. I don't care who they work with. It doesn't matter. They are not you. Right. And because it's always you versus you. Right. Forget about that. That's you know, <laughs> right. Right. So uh, forget about that other noise. Um, and that's the other thing I would tell you is don't listen to the noise. Don't listen to anybody else in the business who's, who's, you know, trying to bring you down because misery loves company and they're not doing well. That, that doesn't matter. Right. Create your, create your own success by just getting after it. So I don't know. Those are two big things for me. And like, I mean, I could get fat and lazy right now, but I'm hungry. I'm still hungry. Like I'm, I'm just scratching the surface and just getting started doing it the right way. Well, and you know, um, Gosh, I just want to let that light just resonate for a minute because putzing along, <laughs> I mean, just putzing along. And, and I think what ends up happening is, I mean, this whole idea of getting good and used, I mean, you said confidence makes you fearless. And what I think that, that for me anyway, the message is you, you can't be consistent in a best practice until you are confident in that best practice. And so Rick, to your point, I mean, the, the faster you get great at something, the more of that thing you will do. And it's like, like if I kept it really high level, if you are afraid of making sales calls, you will always be afraid of making sales calls until you're no longer afraid of making sales calls. And the only difference is going from, competence lacking to competence existing and competence leads to confidence. And you're either going to have more confidence in making sales calls or you're going to have less. And the longer you have less confidence, the busier you will be doing other things and calling it production. And so when, when people get good, really, really good at a thing, it's easier to do. It gets done more quickly, more efficiently, and more consistently. And I think that's why, Rick, 
you're knocking on the door of, you know, 650 families in one year, which is like monstrous production. And I love what you just said. And so don't putz around anybody. Uh, get good. I remember a, um, uh, a radio program that I listened to on CD. It was, it was a radio program of the 50s and it was Earl Nightingale and Napoleon Hill. And they were talking about if you just spent an hour a day studying your trade, in three years, you would be in the top 10% of your trade. And I found that just fascinating. Just spending an hour a day studying your trade, you would be, which proves two things, right? How many people don't? Because right. it's a little uncanny to think that in three years, if you just spent an hour a day studying your trade, you'd be in the top percent. Until you understand that about 90% will never spend an hour a day studying their trade. So you have this X factor. And I love what you said about, about confidence. That's a big lesson. Talk to us just a little bit. I know your your company is a big veteran company. Benchmark loves supporting veterans. You have an event every May, you know, boot and shoot. What is that all about? Yeah, well, it's essentially it's it's a it's a once a year event where the company pours all of its resources and all their partners in the local community come together and they will we do it's a shoot boot and shoot. So we've got shooting teams out there shooting skeet. And they're, they're usually paired up. These teams from all over the country come like from whatever. Last year, we had 25 people locally move, coming down here with us, realtors, insurance folks, home inspectors, everybody that supports us was ready to come down there. And anyway, it's just a, a local charity event that we, you know, we raise a lot of money. And that money goes to the Brain Treatment Foundation and Third Option, two charities that we really love to support. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm downplaying it and not giving it to, it's a, it's a life-changing event. When you go there and you interact with these veterans that are from all over the world and have a story to tell, uh, it'll change your life and it'll, it'll allow you to understand that sacrifice and really get involved when you get back to your own community. So, and I think there's something very special about, um, just as a way of life, giving back giving back and helping. Um, there is so much personal fulfillment that you get from just that, that notion and that activity and, and making an impact in people's lives. And uh, Rick, what a powerful 35 minutes that we just spent together. And I am, uh, I'm in awe of your lesson learning ability. I'm, I'm in awe of your humility. Um, you know, I've, I've seen you year after year after year, and you've, you've been committed to your own success and, I think what happened to you last year is a gift that you've now just given the rest of the world. And we're excited that um, this, this, this literally goes to, to over 10 countries and we have listeners around the world and somewhere, somehow somebody just got transformed by Rick Ward's story. And I'm, uh, I'm sure that that's going to make an impact on their life. And I'm sure it's going to be more than just one. It's going to be thousands. So hats off to you, my friend. Thank you for your service and thank you for a great, great 30 minutes. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, Todd, as well. Thanks, thanks, everybody. Call. Yeah. So, so everybody, just uh, man, we're here to help you win. We're here to help you succeed, and we're here to give you the ideas that can make a, a difference in your business and your life. And uh, you know, if you want to reach out to Rick, uh, what are your social media coordinates? How do people reach out to you and and check in with you? Yeah, just just uh, Rick Ward Vet. Just look it up. You'll see it. So Rick Ward Vet. I love it, man. Yeah. All right. Be yeah. blessed, friend. And uh, we'll see all of you guys again on another Where Success Happens podcast. Thank you again for listening and for sharing. You're important to us. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for being part of today's episode. I've got a special gift for you. I want to make sure you are aware of. I just released a 25-page ebook entitled The Five Irrefutable Principles 
of a high-performance business. These five principles are game-changing. There's a lot of methods towards success, but if you ignore the principles, it's very, very hard to know that those methods will work. Go to the show notes below, just click on the link, download this 25-page ebook, and see what kind of impact it can make in your business and your life.